0: Soccer Showdown with Martino Puccio.
1: Soccer Showdown. As you could tell by the music, it's another Milan-centric Soccer Showdown podcast. Alongside me is Matt Santangelo. We haven't spoken in a few weeks on the Soccer Showdown podcast, obviously, but a lot has happened Um, for Milan. We are now in the second international break of the new season. Um, Absolutely useless international break. Um, Just watched Italy play Estonia yesterday, and I had to change the channel and not watch it after 25 minutes. It was so boring. It was so useless. It was so pointless. A few players on the Italian squad I had no idea even existed. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy few weeks. Last time we spoke, they just won the Derby on here. Um, We were previewing the match against Celtic to kick off the Europa League. And um, they've been playing well ever since. Um, They had a couple of tough matches here and there with, you know, points that were dropped that felt like losses, but weren't really losses. And then a point gain felt like they just won the game um, against Verona as well. So we'll just get into everything in general. Um, Look, they haven't had it easy. Most teams aren't going to have it easy after um, all the COVID situation, condensed schedule, guys are going to be pulling muscles, injuries here and there Um, COVID testing, you know, If one guy gets it, a few guys can get it, and you don't know how long they are still testing positive for. We saw the situation with Cristiano Ronaldo, where he's missing a few weeks from the last international break, and it took him a bit against Spezia to come back, and he scores two goals immediately. Um, The Derby win, as we mentioned, it was such a high for them, but let's get right into everything that happened right after that, right? Because you had to start playing Europa League, which was something that... They were already juggling to begin the season because they had to go through the qualifiers, starting with the Shamrock Rovers match. Um, let's call it what it is, right? They're playing very well. They had a couple of slip-ups where they dropped some points, and we'll get into that first. But the Celtic win, fantastic grind out. They didn't play that great in the second half of that match. But in the end, Yen um, Benistair, they linked up. Salamakers as well was involved in it uh, to get the brace there. Then the match against Roma, Gi Giordano Roma test positive. Uh, morning of, Tetra Sanu has to step in. He has an absolutely terrible match. Uh, Romagnoli has a poor match. His stinker, That what that's what leads to a 3-3 draw. We we'll don't even talk about Giacomelli getting relegated to Serie B for his just refereeing disaster because he's so shit at his job. Um, look, I mean, Milan should have, could have, would have grabbed three points against Roma at the end of the day. They did... Salvage one against one of the top five sides from last season. So they have four points already, which is an already an important part of it. Um, because again, you come out of situations like that, Matt, and you say you face two of the top five teams in the league, one of them finishing in second place, one point behind the champions, and you finish again uh, in the fifth place team, and you say you have four points coming out of it, and I don't tell you who won what match um, and who they beat. You say, okay, I'll take it, right? Because at the end of the day, you still take that, right? Because if they got a draw against Inter but beat Roma, you're still cool with it, right? Four points are four points at the end of the day. And I know some people will look back on it saying that's three points that they should have had the extra two points against Roma. I get that, but you could also make the case that they could have drawn against Inter. There was a there's a lot of variables in a lot of different situations. Then the Sparta Prague game, absolute domination, three nothing, didn't have to play everyone we know Ibrahimovic missed the penalty in that. That was off the crossbar, but they still rallied one Dalot played amazing in that game. Liao scored again, um, playing fantastic. The Udine's game. What could you say about the Udine's game, right? This is something, a fixture that they've always dropped in recent years, especially with the poorer teams that they've had. 2-1 um, victory, grinding it out. They didn't play their best whatsoever. Guys coming off the bench contributing. Ibrahimovic finding some special magic again, and this is kind of the theme that we've seen with him, and we'll get into it within the most recent match that we just saw, was. He comes through. He finds a way to win. You don't have to have your A game every single day, right? It just the one opportunity that you could potentially have in one moment, you need to take advantage of it, and you need to you try your best. And you know what? They, they did. He scores a bicycle kick. They get the three points there. It's massive where other teams are dropping points. Then we get into finally when they lose a match, right? Because we saw this unbeaten run go to 24 straight matches. We haven't seen anything like this in years. And, you know, even when some of the great teams didn't go through some of these unbeaten runs that we saw in the 2000s, right? Lille, it was just a beatdown. They didn't play well at all. Renato Sanchez absolutely dominated them. This is a quality side in Lille that has Champions League uh, talent. Um, They have the quality to make it into the Champions League. I think they got a really good shot at it. So. Yeah, they got beat down, but we were interested in seeing how they would respond. We said on the State of Play podcast, we said on this podcast, we said in the post match reviews as well. How is Milan going to respond after a loss? We get to Verona, the 2-2 score there. Those two goals that they let in, two two points there. One unlucky, I think some of the bounces that they took, the deflection off Calabria, uh the way the ball spun off of Donnarumma, um and no one marking the defender in there. For me, you can't be conceding and giving up so many opportunities on the set pieces now. I think it was the last team from Milan that made the Champions League the last season. So when Balotelli arrived, they were one of the worst aerial defensive teams in the league. They were giving up scores on free kicks like it was nothing, crosses into the box with headers. I don't know if you remember that, Matt, but Mm-hmm. That's what this match reminded me of. This is kind of the big bugaboo that this team has right now, aside from some of the depth, but they rallied, they rallied. They were, And this reminded me of the Spall game that really started the turn of where they were just starting to be so efficient with the expected goals. They're creating so many more legitimate chances. It's different from the Gattuso teams because those were unsustainable scoring ways. Suso shooting goals outside of the box, 20, 25 meters out, that's not sustainable. That's not efficient. Those chances are going to be far and few between, right? And now they're creating so many chances. This is the second game; it was a two-two draw. Same thing against Spal, right? But this is the first time Verona has really let up two goals in general. And even the penalty drawn—you could have seen there was a second penalty that wasn't called on Liao. For me, they were down to nothing. They could have just lost it, but they kept pushing. They kept finding a way. Terra Hernandez bursting down the sideline on. You know, the 90 something minute to cross in the box, to, to create an opportunity. It's just everyone that's coming in is making a contribution and they're doing it with maximum effort, effort until the final minute. And that is something that you want to see. That's something winners do. I'm not saying they're going to be champions. I'm not saying they're going to win the league, right? Because they are in first place right now, but there's a hell of a lot of games left to play. This is a sign. It's a good mental sign that they've progressed. It's not completely out of the shadows of what they were during the Banter era, but they've taken a step out of that. So you have the floor for however long now, because I just rambled. So go ahead.
0: Sure. Um, Yeah, I think you did a great job of kind of just uh, giving the listeners kind of where we've gone since the last time we chatted on this podcast. Of course, as you mentioned, after the Derby victory. And yeah, I mean, there, there there have been some certainly positives to take. You know, Ibrahimovic still looks like he's very strong. Um, you know, atop the table in terms of scoring in Serie A, you know, delivering those moments, rallying the troops in moments where um, they're a bit more delicate and they call on a little bit extra to get something out of the players to rise to the occasion, as we saw in the Verona game where two zero down. I, I was, you know, i funny. I tweeted about this too, and I was, I was. It was a nice day out here in 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 on the East coast and. I'm washing my car, and then I come in, I see we're down 1-0. I'm like, what's going on here? And then I go out again, and I come back, and it's 2-0. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. I hope this is not the beginning of some bad habits and just a uh, drop in form. Um, and in many ways, you kind of look at the, the scoreline, 2-0, and then even the 2-2 uh, draw, which is what it ended up being. Of course, Ibrahimovic missed his penalty, his third in um, as many attempts, which you know looks like Kessier is going to be taking them from now on. But you look at the actual numbers and you broke this down a little bit more and yeah you made a good point you know the deflections some some bad breaks um milan created a ton of chances in this game i think they logged something around like 30 shots total um a small portion of them were actually on target which is not something you want to see you want to raise that number but at the same time, I thought it was a good... 34
1: shots, 8 on target. Just
0: 34 right. shots, so there you go, right? It was a very, It's about, what, 20, 25%, right? 25% of your shots on target. It's, that's not very good. So um, when I looked at that performance overall after the defeat to Leo, of course, after 24 matches unbeaten, you know, 242 days, something like that, uh, which ironically came, the last match was against uh, Genoa before, the, before COVID stopped. So... Um, it's been that long since Milan fans have seen this team lose, seen this team drop points and just really not uh, be uh, ahead of the curve, ahead of the game, and just overall dominant. But with, what the match told me when they were down 2 0, they got punched in the mouth. Whether they were getting dominated, the Verona were, were controlling it, that's one thing. But on the first time sheet, trailing
1: in Serie A. Right, uh, for the first time, I believe, since the general game. They weren't. They haven't trailed all season. Lilly was the first They've game in general. The, the,
0: Juve game, the Juve game, they were down, I think, 2-0, and they scored four straight goals. Well, I mean, right? I'm
1: sorry. I meant, I meant this new oh, Okay, this season. Okay, season. okay. Apologies. Mr. But with okay. but, 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 but the Verona game, what it told me was, hey,
0: but they can take a sock in the mouth and, and respond, right? And I think that was the biggest focus in that match was how will they respond, right? Because we haven't seen this team... Falter, lose, look shaken, rattled—whatever the word you want to choose—and in this match against a Verona team, where we knew it was going to be difficult for them to break them down, uh, I mean, Ivan Juric, who despite losing Kumbula, Ramani, um, Amrabat—all these players in, in in the summer window to other clubs in Serie A—they still are very sharp as a team in terms of their system. They're very structured defensively. They're very organized, and they can be—it prob- could be problematic to break them down. For Milan to get two goals come back, create, still create those chances, and have the opportunity with the penalty and even the penalty that wasn't called on Leao to win this game against a team that I think they're statistically have conceded the least amount of goals in Serie A. You guys can fact-check me on that. No,
1: yeah, they, it was they a, are. It they're was a the the good response. Team. And that went back it to was, the last season as well.
0: Yeah, it was a good response. I, I think the focus now turns to um, the Napoli game, right? That's going to be a big one coming out of the break. Of course, it's going to be, could do so, re, uh, you know, coming uh, up against his former club. Napoli are a strong team. They've put in some really good performances. Victor uh, Olseman, new signings look very good for them. And as a team, yes, I know their Europa League form isn't all that sharp, but Napoli look really good this year, at least in Serie A. So that's going to be another big focus, right? And I think think at the end of the day, it's handling the other teams. Because, right, you you talked about it. Inter, they got a victory. Roma, they got a draw. You know, those are the teams that you feel like you're going to be competing for top four with. So if you're able to maximize those moments to the best of your ability and then take care of the remaining sides that you should be, that'll ultimately put Milan in a position at the end of the year, when the dust settles, when we're through yeah. through 88 matches, uh, you know, 38 matches, excuse me to see where they stack up. Milan should be in a favorable position if they do their job, because we saw what happened a couple years ago, right? That season where they missed out on Champions League by mm. one point, that was Man, just a matter of arm. two to three results needing to be swung in their favor. You would say Parma late in the season. So it's, I, I, w- I know they have a lot more talent this year. They seem like it's a much healthier, more unified group um, yeah. than in previous years, but I need to see that focus. I need to see that sharpness. I, see, I need to see that sort of mentality where, eh, where they really don't have their best performance to put in, where they're tired, yeah. where they're sluggish. Guys stepping up around them. You know, just a big quick shout out to Alexis Salamakers, another perfect example of a player who has grown. Right, there was I'm a lot of a game there was a him. there was a lot of oh, who's this guy? Is he really going to make a difference when he came over in January? And he's a player that Pioli has really helped develop and ease along to. Not just a uh, he, he could do a decent job. For them. He starts for Milan, a team that's one had had one twenty four in a row that's vying for a Champions League football. So you know, beyond the big names that we're seeing in the squad, Brahim Diaz, a lot of these guys are really settling in and they're also improving in a new environment so I'm optimistic going forward that's kind of where we're at right now but Martino do you guess you want to maybe jump into some of the questions do you want to touch on some um, players specifically there was, there was
1: just there was just one more pointer. so I guess so like the points even if people are pissed about the Verona draw right look at who they drew against or took points the Roma game there was the forfeit right so whatever, just either way, Roma, Roma didn't even get a point against Verona, one of the best defensive sides. It was the first time that in a Serie A match that a squad has scored at least two goals against Verona since they played Roma back in July, on July 15th. So again, no one really does this against Verona. So this is a very respectable side that Milan even drew against in the first place, right? So it's not like it was some slouches. It's, it's not like Udinese. I think... Sometimes, like, you could live with that. Juve already drew Verona this year as well. Um, I also think the break came at a perfect time for them. It, it's kind of frustrating to see how some clubs didn't have any other players leave to go on international duty, whereas Milan had them. But a few of them didn't play or got called up to them. I know Salamakers didn't. Um, he stayed back because of uh, an injury uh i'm not gonna say what it was it's, to, it's it's been out there already um ibrahimovic gets his rest much needed leão isn't playing in the games because he was recovering from that non-penalty call that had to get him subbed off by the way thought he played great for someone who didn't score or, mm-hmm. or provide an assist i thought a match like that okay Another example, you're not scoring, you're not assisting, but you're creating chances, and you're giving your team a, ch- a chance to win. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the next step in his progression that Pioli need him to do. And and we talked about it. That's a guy that needed to step up, and he has. Raheem Diaz coming off the bench. Where we're not having the Haakon Chalanoglu that we saw in the post-COVID break over this summer, Raheem Diaz coming in, stepping up. Haug's coming in. He's giving good minutes like that. Kessie Mbenesera, like, what can you say, like, It's one of the best duos in the league, midfield-wise. Romagnoli needed the rest more than anyone, in my opinion. Guy has heavy legs. Yeah, he looks... um, looks, Yeah, yeah, yeah. who makes a great comp. He showed the video. It's heavy legs. Because we saw him not too long ago made a fantastic sliding tackle on Cristiano Ronaldo. It's a guy coming off the injury that was forced to get into the lineup, start playing almost every three, four days because Gabio had the positive test. They survived that period. Whereas... They had a crisis in recent years of injuries, and it happens to everybody. But when they were playing Abate at center back, right, they're dropping points in games like that because they're not at full strength. Now they're winning games. They're getting those points. Like, they didn't have Rebic for a while, Matt. Like, this guy wasn't playing in really important matches in the Europa League. He wasn't playing in these Serie A matches. But they found a way to get points, and they won. And now they have him back, and you could see how much better he is. How much how much more easy Teo Hernandez has it moving forward. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot that that you could take away positive wise and positivity from the results they had. Yeah, they lost. They were gonna lose eventually. They lost against a good side. It happens. They drew against a good side as well. Now what you do is, and now what you're concerned? Lil the Napoli, Fiorentina with a new manager, and Prandelli coming back. They're going to have a lot more energy than they would have had with Yachini, right? I'm I'm not too worried about them because it's going to be a new formation probably um, because they he likes to play four at the back. So it's a little different for them to handle it. So we'll see how they do. For me, before we get into the questions, I just think, again, it's just grab the points as you can. Try and finish off the Europa League group as early as you can. Get some guys some rest. Give them some game time experience that they could use, like Gabia. Get Musaccio back. He should be back soon. Whether or not he's sold in, in January, I don't know. But that's a that's a key depth piece, right? I don't want Leo Duarte getting minutes. He's dog shit. He's absolutely terrible. I can't see that guy on the pitch. I can't see Samuel Castileo. This is what I've been saying for weeks and months now. Get to January. In a really good position whether you're in the top four or you're very close to it and give yourself a chance with reinforcements that's all you can ask right now yeah i think they're doing that and they're Mm -hmm. in a really good position because they got through a difficult stretch now where they still have to play atalanta they still have to play napoli they still have to play juve they have to play lazio right but they've gotten a couple of the tough matches out of the way and they're in first place and that's a really positive sign but again Napoli is going to be difficult. We haven't beaten them in the league in a few years. But um, other than that, that's um, that's something um, to be very positive about. And that's something we haven't said in a while because we always talk about how Milan have notoriously bad starts to a season last mm-hmm. year and years prior, especially last year. Last year cost them everything, right? It was the worst start they've had since, what, the 60s or some shit? It It's it absolutely terrible. But anyways, we have a few questions um, coming in. So Giancarlo, um fellow New Yorker by the way, so we got a northeast guy um coming in. He's a funny so dude, yeah.
0: He always he always he always uh gets in on the banter when I tweet some stuff out. So shout out to him he for is. the he's question. Trying, he's I friends felt, of Go ahead. I felt no, I'm sorry, I felt compelled that he he uh he gave us a really good question, which you're gonna read, but I felt compelled mm-hmm. to answer it, but I was like, Oh, it's actually for the show. Okay, let me let me wait and answer this <laughs> on the air. So yeah, yeah Martino, let's yeah, yeah. let's 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 share it and, and let's address this one.
1: Yeah, so Again, there's been multiple reports and outlets everywhere. So the least reliable ones are saying Hakan Chalanoglu, obviously we know his contract expires in the summer, that he is demanding upwards of 7 million euros a year. Um, the lowest number that I saw that he want, or was requesting was around 5 million euros a year. Not worth that. Hasn't played to that. Hasn't deserved that. Hasn't shown that long enough at this club. And after the really good stretch that he had, Everyone says, what, Matt? And this has happened last time that he played for a good half a season, great half a season. All right, bring it over, do it for a full season. One goal, one assist. Doing it against not-so-great sides this season, and we haven't seen the best of him. Yeah, he picked up a knock with his ankle, but Brahim Diaz coming in showing he's great. More links to Dominic Sabaz's It answers and opens up questions, and then we see the links there. But Fabrizio Romano says it's going to get done. But anyways... The question was, let's say he doesn't renew and he's sold in January, for example. Who would we like to replace him? Personally, I think I was gonna put out a poll question, we could put it out later, right? Just to get a, get a wider you know, kind pool. of a gauge of the fan base and just see mm-hmm. what they would be interested in. I wanted to list three different um options and scenarios, right? But we'll but we'll go with the one in the world that Hakan doesn't renew and he's gone, right? For me. Raheem Diaz is obviously the number one option, top of the list, center attacking midfielder, right? It's proven he can play here. He's got the talent for it. He's younger. He's going to come on a cheaper salary, around 25 million to 30 million euros. I know there's the Don Ballon reports of Zinedine Zidane saying that if he is not um, told about a potential sale of Raheem Diaz, kind of like what happened with Teo Hernandez, he's gone at the end of the year. Personally, I think he's gone regardless at Real Madrid. I don't think he's staying past the season because they're not going to win the major trophies like the Champions League, like some would like to think. They're already struggling. We saw what just happened with Valencia, Sergio Ramos, contract negotiations up in the air. We all believe that they're going to be going for this new Galactico era. And with the new Galactico era, that's going to usher in a new manager as well. So for me, I think Brahim Diaz is on the way out. Whether or not the new manager would like to say something about that, The relationship that Paulo Maldini has with Real Madrid is going to be the difference here. I think he's going to stay. And on top of that, Matt, you make Champions League, Dominic Sabazlai. fucking get him in here as soon as you can. This kid is a stud. A ton of top talent around Europe is going to go want him. We know why Milan didn't really spend that much during the window. His name was hotter than any others. There was a Ralph Ragnick connection, but there was also the rumor that Milan still wanted to go after him, even though they weren't bringing in Ragnar. It was someone that Maldini and Masada profiled and said, okay, that is somebody that fits the bill here. Young, cheap, talented player, at t- around 25 million euros is the release clause. Is it going to be that expensive? Champions League proven already. What else is there to need to know? There, there isn't, right? Because Hakon is entering his prime, but if you're getting someone who's demanding 7 million euros a year, that's not someone you want then. Then you bring in Dominic Sabazai. He's proven at the Champions League level. He comes from a proven talent factory. That is RB Salisbury that we've seen Erling Holland come from and many other studs as well. Matt, this, this is a 10 out of 10. If Hakan Jelanoglu is sold and he's not on, on um, the squad, in the squad anymore, sorry, I'm going to say on the roster because I'm so used to American terms, but I think you do it for those two. I think you absolutely get those two in there. And this is Milan now. Forget about the price and the cost. If you make Champions League, you spend $50 million on on two guys like that that make you that much better because they're fucking studs. And Sabazai is someone, as well as Diaz, that aren't just limited to the center attacking midfielder role, right? We saw when Hakon goes out wide, he struggles a little bit. You see Diaz go to the right. He still has talent there. Dominic Sabazai can play on the left a little bit. They are more tactically flexible than Hakon is younger and cheaper as well so for me that's what i would do
0: um yeah i think those are both great shouts um i like brahim diaz i like players that are i think i'm kind of seeing eye to eye with the whole management's vision for going for younger youthful players so brahim and you know sabaz like they fit the billing there and they'd be great additions to the club for sure because i think they are technical they aren't um very static right they're not a they're not players that will slow down the tempo of the game. And they're more modernized attacking players in, in the sense that they're not going to sit here and kind of uh, – they can't – you know, you get, you get the ball out wide to them. Or if they get in, in transition, they can do some things quickly to, to to kill the opposition. But another name that I want to throw in here um, that has been loosely tied to Milan, uh, I don't know, depending on the sources you're looking at, but he's also been tied to a Premier League move and the move that it materialized last summer. Rodrigo de Now I know he's hmm. he's a bit older. He's not 22, 23, 21 that range which I think is kind of the the sweet spot that that Gazidis really likes and Maldini really likes for some of the acquisitions they make. They obviously made exceptions with, you know, Rebic being 25, 26, 27, you know, yet you Ibrahimovic, uh, Kayer, yeah. you know, Right, so they've, they've made additions to these players, but made, made exceptions with these players. But Generally speaking, it's been... And they may have one of the younger squads in, er, in Europe, right? In ter, Europe's top five. So I think DePaul would be a, a, a wonderful addition for, for many reasons, right? You mentioned those players having versatility. They can play in a bevy of roles. And I think DePaul is one of the more versatile players I've seen in Serie A in, in, in a while. And I think he doesn't really compromise on quality and ability when he does transition into different roles. I've seen him play as a holding midfielder for Udinese. I've seen him play as a winger. I've seen him play in the hole. I've seen him even play sometimes as like a central forward because he's such a driving force for that club, and they really don't have that much quality in, 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 in many areas, so he has to kind of make up for that, but he can dribble. He's strong on the ball. He's got a little bit of a, an edge to him, like a fiery edge to him that sometimes gets him into hot water, but mm. overall, it's something that I like from certain players, right? And I think that'll, that'll be something that translates at the next level. If he goes to a club like Milan where those big ambitions follow him and he's trying to, you know, rationalize and justify the fee that would be paid for him, he is a player that I would definitely like. What like do you I think say. his
1: value drops to, then? Um, if we're talking well,
0: about, let me, let's well, say well let, me, well, well, let me say this. He's in a many ways he there is some similarities to the type of player or acquisition he could be to like what Hakan was that we mm-hmm. saw Hakan play in a midfield 3 he played as a left winger but ultimately Hakon, his best football is played in the hole as his number 10 creative player that's where he he thrives but the Paul I think can play to a much higher level as a winger over what we saw from Hakan I think you can put the Paul in a midfield 3 if you wanted to change formation which I don't know if that's a possibility for them but four or four two three one. Um, you can play him as a winger and they do need winger help. So he presents that opportunity for him. I don't think he would come at a high wage. I think the fee would be pretty high. But I mm-hmm. think you could probably pay him three to three and a half million a year. Um, he would probably cost somewhere around thirty to forty I would say. I think the reason You don't think
1: why, it dropped a little bit after the one season Well, the, COVID the reason
0: then? why the reason why I say is that it's I typically like to kind of insert a premium when it's a domestic sale, domestic transfer. Like we saw, what Chiesa yeah. went to Juve for, right? I mean, is is well, he yeah. really I worth mean, that fee? He's the
1: most overpriced player. And
0: but well, what I'm saying yeah. to you is, I think you think Udinese is going to give you a discount on their best player. Did Cagliari give you know? I'm not a saying discount just on, I don't think they're in posi- I, I
1: well, don't think they're going to be in position. 40, 40.
0: That's why I said thirty to forty because Udinese were asking 40? for around forty for him from Leeds Premier League money. They don't want to pay that. And I suspect that there's going to be some competition for him once again, maybe not in January, but maybe, maybe they will be. In I January. think, yeah,
1: I think Inter, but again that also is going to be dependent upon what the situation with Antonio Conte is going to be. Yeah. Right. But, like who's the manager to come in there? I thought he would have fit in perfectly. I thought they, but me, but
0: better. me, I think the memes you mentioned plus DePaul, those are great <laughs> shouts. Um, And someone be, there's, there's been conversations on Twitter about Ozil and I'm not hmm. this this I'm not saying to get rid of him because at the end of the day I think if you get back to Champions League, you still need to have some sort of Champions League type pedigree in terms of what players you employ.
1: You gotta bring and in balls.
0: Right, right. You have to bring and I think also still has a couple good years left in him. I think the good thing that works in his favor he has he hasn't had any big major leg injuries, he's still what 31, 32, 33, and that He range. hasn't really played I,
1: that much in the past. He years. hasn't played that
0: much. He should be pretty fresh. Obviously, fitness, you'd have to get back up to that level. But you're telling me if you can find a way to get him on a virtually very inexpensive transfer fee maybe no transfer fee at all, maybe just hey, just take the wage, just take the player. We want to slash this or my mm-hmm. wage bill. Then you don't, you're telling me that a team like Milan maybe wouldn't be somewhat interested again. The gazine's connection with Arsenal. If the, if the wages are good and it doesn't compromise on what Milan are trying to accomplish in other areas of their squad, I would be welcome to it. I think if you can get a guy like Otsil and then maybe one of the younger players that you mentioned, maybe they keep Raheem and he plays as a winger or in the hole or maybe Zabazlai, I wouldn't be opposed to that because I think you can't go into a Champions League next year if they did qualify, of course, mm-hmm. with such a young squad and expect them to just because you're seeing the struggles that they tend to occasionally deal with in the Europa League. Right of Celtic, you know, they've, they've played pretty well against some of these other teams. But when they've come up against a dash of quality and a guy like in a team like Lille, then you kind of see, like, well, what's the Champions League going to be like? So that's why I think you have to have a little bit. Same thing with a Arsenal a little... couple of years yeah. ago.
1: They were on a great right. run, run into Arsenal in there. And that is Champions League experience. And look, it's who did they really have in this Lille match? And I think, I, th- I don't think it's indicative of, they just didn't play their best game. I think you know what I mean. Like I, I definitely do think on their best they could absolutely beat Lille. It's not, it's not. I don't think that scoreline was indicative of it. I just think they, they legitimately played their worst match on top of Lille playing that well since the COVID break. I mean, it, it absolutely was. Like do, you, like we've seen a bunch of their matches, and it was, and it was recent form too. Like the way they were playing against Roma and Udinese in those games. You don't get away with Lil, but if they play the way they did against Verona against Lil, they win. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just. I think that was just. I I not not extremely fluky because you don't want to give take away credit from Lil, but I don't think that's completely indicative of it. But if it happens again in this next game, then then I think there's a real issue there. And I think that might be a change in um, the approach for the January window, to be quite honest with you, because then I think they, they see, okay, we need, we need experience. And it's not like, there's players on this team that have played in champions league, right? Like, and they, and they played in some huge international matches and tournaments, right? We saw Ben win win AFCON player, of the tournament, We've seen Ibrahimović play at the highest level. Rebic made it to a World Cup final with Croatia. Like, there's experience on the side. But there is something missing. And that is something that they're just going to have to accomplish on their own, right? You know, like these mental – like, what does it take for a new champion to arise? Like, there's always characteristics and players that come to other teams, like Pirlo being there. Buffon, Del Piero was in the last, was well, that's, on that that's, first winning team, right? There's identity mm-hmm. there, but there was a lot of players that didn't win it on that team. That well, that, see, that's that's
0: why I think, I think with a guy like Oso, like again, if the money makes sense, there's fee. Like I think there's he can still offer quite a bit. Um, whether or not that's that's an area that Milan or, or a direction that Milan want to head, that's that's totally you know up to them. And obviously, I'm just kind of playing out kind of a so, fancy so
1: like Is So um, who would you who would you prefer so say i give you two options I just, here, I just, or i yeah yeah go mm-hmm. i'll give you the three because this is what i wanted to put on the poll right because i just want to get the question out of the way so three options are this it's Hakon, hakan brahim diaz but hakan's around let's say the most he's getting is five million euros a year right and they re-sign him hakan brahim diaz permanent Raheem Diaz, Dominic Sabazlai? Or Mezid Ozil and one of Diaz or Sabazlai? Which one is most appealing for you? And which one do you think would be best for Milan moving forward?
0: I mean, I would like that them to come to an agreement with Hakon. I think it's, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm. I'm happy that he's finally kind of turned the corner and looks like yeah. he's playing his best football that he's ever played at Milan. Um, you know, but it, it's at the end of the day, it's all dollars and cents, right? And if they have ambitions of getting a big time player in another area and they're thinking, well, look, how wants 7 million? We can't pay this guy more than Donnarumma. We can't pay him what Ibrahimovic is making. He
1: should, he should. What's the you most know? you're being willing to pay for him for a year? I say I would, five, five, I would but say, that's with four and a half I going would, up. I would say four. Same. I would say four. I'm in the four boat. Four and I a half. I would say four because next. you know
0: what? At the end of the, I, At the end of the day, he's getting a pay raise. Yep. He's getting rewarded for his his play. He could still have another contract with Milan, right? Assuming he signs like a two or three year extension. He's only, he's, he go- only
1: he's younger than you, man. He's not even yeah, he's, old,
0: he's, yeah, he's he's Yeah, he's not even in his prime years yet. And I, But I just think it's, it's hardball because he's playing good football and he's playing it at the right time in a contract year. So his agent's going to demand more and rightfully so. I think at the end of the day, look, he's getting paid whatever he's getting paid right now. He wants seven. He'll probably meet somewhere in the middle and attach incentives to it and
1: I think incentives get done. I think the reason he why has I think contributions of you know no, the reason why 15. I think
0: that they rather work on a on a contract because then you have to go out there and you have to get another player. And if you know that if, if the uh buy potential buyers of Hakon understand that your position, they'll say, Well, this guy ain't extended, I'm not giving you top dollar for him. He don't he don't he's not gonna you can't meet his, his, his wage.
1: Because there is a there is a scenario come around January time where if Milan don't play their cards right. They could have no center attacking midfielder heading into the next season. Like say Brahim heads back to Real Madrid and they can't figure out something there. They can't get him in. They don't find a renewal process with Hakan Chalunoglu. And then all of a sudden you're looking at like, holy shit, like what are we going to do? They could be Mm -hmm. in a situation where they have to pay Hakan just to stay because they don't have much leverage because they're not going to have center attacking midfielders. Or – or there is a scenario that I do see them triggering where you know Salzburg doesn't make it out of the group in the Champions League. Milan goes to trigger that $25 million clause right in January for I mean,
0: I would totally love it. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. I, I anticipate... Would you hate all
1: three at once? Brahim, and If they Sabah, trigger it, Blanc, say, Adam, say it comes by January and they trigger it, would you I, I like. I, I, I rate... Sabah's
0: like quite well. I mean, from what I've seen in the Champions League, I've seen like a certain, like he's one of those players that you can see has this kind of natural confidence to him where he plays, he yeah. plays with personality, he plays um, with all the intensity, he plays with, you know, the, the sort of things that you want at Milan. And for me, do I think he would go go to Milan? Absolutely. But I think there's going to be a lot of suitors for him. And it's, a matter, it's just going to be a matter of whether or not Milan can be, uh Guaranteeing him what he what a player of his caliber and his ilk will, will want. And when I say that, you know, people are going to say, "Well, Matt, like this guy has it in the grand scheme; he's accomplished a lot." But yes, look how much young players are going for. It. The younger the player that you're starring, like if you're a young player and you're starring at 2021, 20, clubs are not going to think about the fee. Well, he's young, so we want, we don't want to pay that much. I mean, look how much Holland's going to go for. It.
1: Exactly. They have exactly. a 75
0: yeah. million clause in his deal. They're saying there's no way Borussia Dortmund would be able to. <laughs> you know sell that to their fans you sold this player for 75 million like this guy's at least worth 150 if you think about it (laughs)
1: like the way he's Uh, scoring holland holland man you can uh, legitimately 200 i really like considering past players. but that's what i'm saying
0: the the fee that clubs clubs are less gun shy in their fact i mean the tides change right how many how many clubs are spending 100 million on a player that's in their prime i mean look what has has no one you only do it's like the final piece to the puzzle but, but even then, though, Real Madrid spent, what, $100 million on Hazard, and he's 28, 29?
1: And that was like, what a year clubs, left on the contract, Clubs, too. clubs have no
0: problem. They, they won't bat an eye. If you have a guy like Sabaz that like, comes here, okay, we'll pay $40 million for him. They would because he has Champions League experience. He's creative. He's put up goal and assist numbers. Yep. You're not, the more you wait, the more you're not going to get that fee. So you're better, you might as well pay it now. It's, it's a FOMO. If you're missing out, ah, they should have spent the money. Let's just get him now and be over with it. Right, because if clubs waited X amount more months to get Mbappe, there's That's no way. They're,
1: Teams yeah. are scared of Holland because they're like, okay, we only saw a couple months of it, but the release right. clause now is what, 20 million, 25 million euros? Like, you go in and you do it if you believe in it, if you trust your scouting system, if you if you right. trust the player and believe in him and his talents, you go and do it. There's no second guessing any of it. Like, look what happened with Taylor Hernandez. Like, imagine if Milan led it with, like, a loan with obligation to buy or like an option, then Real mm. Madrid could have came back and like told him, uh, 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 that's going to go up to 40 now because they're pissed off. Like, look what happened. They're they're right. genuinely angry that they just let that t- player go for 20 million euros. They're you have to do it. if Because at the end of the day, it's better to risk a player coming in and, you, and he flops for 20 million euros rather than a player like, I don't know, I mean, like I'm, at the end of the day, Milan spent 70 million euros for Paquette and Piontek, right? It's a perfect example of guys who, highly rated talents, didn't have that long of a track record or haven't accomplished all that much because Paquette didn't do anything in European football before he got here, right? Piontek coming out of, you know, the lower leagues, they took a risk. And it happens, and it could blow up in your face. But then you can also go out and go get a Teo Hernandez, right? So I mean, well,
0: see, it's a perfect example too, right? It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's one of those things where they looked at, it and the, it just made too much sense going after uh, Hauger, like, a- because you're like, because you're like, well, look, I mean, for five million, we'll take the risk, right? If the player mm-hmm. doesn't amount to what we think he can amount to, then okay, if we have a five million loss, we cut our losses, whatever the numbers wind up being. And I think that's what kind of they acted swiftly in that case because how many times do we see this, right, in football? Where a club saying, "Oh well, we had the opportunity to sign him, but we passed on him," or you know, uh, we didn't think he was quite ready for him for the the stage, right? So yeah. it's, it's just a matter of scouting, and I think you could kind of see that with Milan scouting and the direction they're going. It's not a, so much of a numbers game; it's more of a hey, let's. Let's sign four to five guys, but make sure we strike and we hit gold on those four to five guys. You know, even if they can get Dalo, if they can get that deal done, right, for a permanent basis. Well, that one I think is going to
1: be a bitch from everything I understand. Oh, it,
0: it will. It, I think it will. But look, if you have Teo and you secure Dalo, you're set. And you have Romagnoli in the middle, and then you get another defender. I mean, your back line looks very strong. So. We'll have to wait and see. Milan have a lot of decisions to make as far as trying to get so a ton of extensions to make too. There's
1: player raises they have to figure out the Benassi release clause situation as well. I'm sure that'll Mm -hmm. be fixed. Cassier needs his extension. Romagnoli, Donnarumma, Um, those are just Uh, a few to name on top of the players that they need to sign. But the smart thing was this: they didn't spend that much in the summer window with all the money that they saved on wages being slashed, sales of players, and you're going to see a couple more sales, in my opinion. I think you lot saw A lot of pure Ponte profit, too. Yeah. A lot Ponte's of pure profit, too. And real quick, before we head out and finish this, Tommaso Pobega. Hey, man. Kid's killing it. Another two goals this morning for the... And it's Serie A experience. That's key. Serie A. Scored against yeah. Juve for Spezia. Smarter loan option. What they did with Pobega is exactly what they needed to do with Locatelli. And I don't know if you saw the comments well, he, of Locatelli. I don't think he
0: wanted I don't think he wanted a buyback clause in the deal. I think that was one of the things that were like, I think Milan sure. wanted some sort of buyback, but I don't think he I think he wanted like more of a permanent solution to his future.
1: But that that's is what I the think the night it was. and day difference of the toxic environment that was yeah. here just what, 24 months ago now, man? Twenty Like, mm. seriously, that's how soon it, like, not that long ago. That was the environment this kid was in. And it's completely different yeah. now. And now- it- the la- and, and the club is going to get shit on for this because once he eventually makes that move up and plays well for one of the rival clubs, because I don't see him coming back here, I would, I would, I'd be over the moon. I'd be one of the happiest people in the world if he came back. It would be a great story, right? I just don't see it happening.
0: No, I don't see it.
1: They're going to get shit on for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'll say this now for any Milan fan listening. You cannot blame this Milan for that. Those were past Milans. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's different management.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know for a goddamn fact if Gazidis was here for the decision, if Maldini and Masara were here for the decision, it wouldn't have gone down like that. Yeah. And I know that. And because you could just see the way it's being ran now. And it's completely one of look,
0: but look at this though, right? It's it's I find it strange, right? Because I think everyone it's everyone likes to talk and spend other people's money, right? And yes. we as fans and we as people who are in media and we all speculate and we all talk about, well, was that fee too much? Was it too little? This, that, what have you. Look at some of the moves that in recent years Milan didn't make. And they, they were like you know what? We're going to go with our gut on this one. This is our top dollar price and we're sticking by it, right? We all talk about how they handled the Locatelli situation. But look what happened with Stefano Sensi. I'm not saying the players, he's not going to be good for Inter. He's not going to rebound after some of these injury struggles he's having. but. Everyone was saying, oh, I can't believe we let Inter beat him. Like, how could you let a rival beat us to a player we've been tailing for months now? Looks pretty good, right? Because imagine them spend they wouldn't, the ownership would have never heard the end of it. Well, I can't believe he spent this much money on a player and he's injured and he can't play. The best thing that, one of the best and most important things that a player can offer is availability. And if you're not healthy, I don't care how good you are in spurts. I don't care how good you look, right? That's what Sensi looked like last year since he looked really good coming out. Yeah, Bill Belichick
1: two- in, in football, the best ability right. is availability. This, exactly. Yeah.
0: So that's the point I'm trying to make, is that everyone's going to kind of hit out, but I think it, you have to, what you have to look at with Milan is layout looks like he's doing really well. They got Brahim on a, on a deal. where It looks like I think they're trying to get a permit solution set, sorted out there. I'm sure They've they got Kyara for 3500000 million. They got Salamakers for $3.5 three million, or, or maybe more than that. $3.5 million,
1: how's was around right. Well, they had, the, they had the
0: they had the initial loan fee for Salamakers. I think the total fee for him was like seven. Well, yeah, the the
1: the obligationer, but, or but, fee but was you there. know what I'm
0: saying. Yep. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, you're fine. We'll we'll just keep that in there. It's no big deal. But, anyways, yeah, I mean, just the way they moved in the market, they made they made purchases right for the future. But I think the important thing to note is that. They gave themselves a lot of flexibility, a lot of it. And even the Tonali deal, we know we look at the figure and it comes out to be 35 million euros. That's going to be paid over three years. That's a while, you know. It was similar to how good the Kessier deal was. And it was probably one of the very goddamn few good deals that Mirabelli made. Allow yourself to have him on a loan with the obligation for two seasons and then you make the purchase. You just offer it because FFP runs and rolling periods it's like a two to three year time frame and you have to go green in the books right so milan also bought themselves time as well that a lot of people are forgetting to remember i think they're just waiting on an on a real opportunity to make pounces obviously the covid market is gonna delay things but it's giving everybody a grace period and then from what i remember milan and Gazidis were going to ask for an extra year on top of that because of when they accepted getting knocked out of the Euro league the Europa league competition, um, it bought them more time. They have a lot more foresight than they've had in years where it's not just now, it's not the immediate, it's years from now. You see it in the purchases and the philosophy that they've been going by. They've been obviously leaning towards more older and more experienced players. Um, I also believe that the core of this team, yeah, we look at it at face value, that the average age is below a certain number. But at the same time, they're very experienced young players. The amount of minutes Fran Cassier has played and matches that he's played, he's so experienced. Romagnoli is going to be 26 in March uh, or February, I believe. That's a very experienced 26-year-old with the amount of pressure that he has. He's already captain of Milan at that age. And just the whole culture is really everything that, and this is just for the younger people listening now, right? I'm not, I'm not that old. I'll be 26 in a couple months. Matt's still in his twenties as well. So we obviously didn't see the Capellos and the Saki teams or even like, you know, the George ways for me, Every time you hear about a player talk about what the culture was like or how great it was, and we knew this in the 2000s as well, and how highly everyone talked about it and how whenever someone left, you always see these quote tweets from AC Milan reports or you see it from Milan Eye, how highly they talked about the club. But in recent years, you did not hear that at all. That was like lost. It, 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 It was gone. And even the players on the current team, some of them, yeah, they loved the fans right? They love the Tifosi. They never mentioned about how much they love being at the club as much or the culture or the environment and what it gave to them. Now you're starting to hear that. They love going to Milanello all the time. They love representing this club and fighting for the badge. Pioli has created that environment. And again, one more thing I want to bring up before we head out here, obviously, because we both have to go eat lunch. The thing is this, judging Pioli, off of what happened in past jobs, is a mistake, in my opinion. And I've mentioned this before, and I know you and I have talked about this. And there's a couple reasons why. The first one I'll start out with is the most obvious ones. Yes, he managed Lazio. Yes, he managed Inter. Relatively big clubs, especially in Serie a, right? Inter, massive club. Hate them, but they're massive. Lazio, pretty big club. Well-respected, well-known throughout Europe and the world. He didn't even have close to the amount of talent on those teams that he does now. It's not even a comparison. They're not as advanced, technically, and you can go on the YouTube channel and they see, and you can see the tactical analysis and changes that they make mid-match opposed to um, what they've had recently. In, in past years, and this is probably a testament to Elliott as well, moving forward, being a forward-thinking club by using analytics to help you out. I think that's a plus. That's something he's never had at Inter. He didn't have it at the past Lazios. Also, no one really, and I believe he was the one who took him to the knockout stages of, of the Champions League before getting eliminated against Gladbeck, I believe, um, for Lazio. But even Inter didn't have a Champions League-worthy squad. And back then as well, It was two teams automatically qualify for Italy, and then the third team had to go to the knockout phase because that's what happened with the last time with Milan. They had to play PSV. Um, And then this, player relationships. Player relationships are so important because we get so short-sighted at the end of the day, and there's a lot of naivete with a lot of fans and people that, You're looking at them like FIFA, like football manager, where these guys are viewed as, you know, robots or numbers that they're human beings, and it matters. Every time there's a tough loss or they're grinding out a match, we talk about on how stressful it is for us to watch it. What do you think about the players? They're the guys that actually have to take on the heat. It's stressful for us for the 90 minutes, but, you know, we can go on about our day after a tough loss. It doesn't impact us that much. It impacts them every single day. And this happened from when he talks about it often in his press conferences, and you could even hear the way the players talk about him too. The way his relationships are going, and after he realizes after he lost his captain with the David Astori tragedy, this is, like, he gets it now. You know, it doesn't happen overnight where managers are just like, they're a great talent that, you know, they're going to succeed anywhere because that's what managers are supposed to do, right? They're supposed to make every player better. Has he ever been in a great environment? Has he ever been giving a very talented squad? Sure. You can obviously blame him for a lot of situations that didn't work out that well, because at the end of the day, 100% of the blame in totality doesn't go towards one person. It goes towards ownership. It goes towards management. It goes towards the manager. It goes towards the players. And it goes towards the staff and the trainers, blah, blah, blah. There's plenty of blame to go around all the time. But how much undeserved blame did he get at the end of the day? And I think he did. And now we're finally seeing a situation that was the most difficult situation to take over, arguably, in world football. It is one of the five toughest situations that you could possibly step into with the revolving door of ownership. You don't know who's going to stay there in management. Are some of these players going to be staying there? How many of them do they have to sell? It is Milan at the end of the day. It is one of the most historic clubs, and they have had their worst era since the early 80s. And that's a long fucking time, man. That's close to 40 years now, or it is 40 years. It is not easy to turn that around overnight. And he seemingly has done it. And I know there's a lot left, but this guy deserves fucking praise. And I don't give a shit about what happened at Lazio. I don't give a shit what happened at Inter. He's at Milan now, and he's doing something that should be applauded. And honestly, it's the best managerial job in football right now. And I don't think anyone can argue it. What he has done over the past six to seven months, even go whatever, go back to January. If he makes it to the Champions League with this team, there hasn't been a better managerial job or or you know accomplishment in my opinion since Claudio Ranieri at Leicester I, cuz i truly believe that cuz it's not not the, un, the the expectations of it weren't like you know it's not that crazy that Milan made the championship right it's Milan it was insane that Leicester made it and won the title in the premier league what's amazing about this is that he took this Milan back to the Champions League after he had to go take over the worst start ever for this club, after the most embarrassing manager, where it was trending worldwide that they wanted him out. That's the type of guy that they got. That, you know, it's different now. And I know a lot of people are skeptical of it and they want to go back and they want to, you know, cite a lot of reasons why they won't be that. I don't know if they'll make the Champions League. I think they're in a better position than they've been in years to do it. I'm not guaranteeing that. I still thought they would, you know, finish fifth. Talk to me at the end of January to see what the team looks like and the position there and in, in the table before I give you a real definitive answer on it. But this is different. And if you're not picking up on what's going on over there, then shame on you because they're on the way back. And whether, it, whether or not it's going to happen this year because the league is very competitive or in the condensed season, or it could be as soon as next year. I think they deserve more respect. I think Pioli deserves more respect. And then you're going to keep seeing it. And I know they they have to show that they got to beat other teams. But that's my two cents on it. That's most of the show. I know I've rambled a ton. It's always fun to do these um, because we took the week off from state of play. Any other closing thoughts before we head on out here? No.
0: um, It's just get the players rested up, get the players fit and ready to go because – Difficult test in Napoli, and then there's just another portion of the season. I mean, what are we about a fifth of the way done with the season? We're be a little bit more. About little Thirty-one bit
1: more matches left. Thirty-one more You're matches. On. That's
0: eight, eight, one one match at a time. Yep. You you approach each match with the same sort of intensity preparation. You don't play down to your opponents. You play up to your opponents, and you kind of maintain that level. And we'll have to wait and see when we uh, when we record next where where things stand.
1: Yeah. Um... Listen, month month of November, arguably the most difficult one of the season. December will be a little tough, but look at this. From what they're already – they're already halfway through it with four points a loss in the Europa League. Borudines, always a tough match. Lille that they lost. Verona they drew, but they still have Napoli, Lille, and then Fiorentina to round out the month. So we'll see what position they're in. And back end of 2020 – um Sassuolo and Lazio that'll be in a span of four days they play them on the 20th and 23rd of December so we'll see what happens um game by game like you said they're well positioned um goals for to finish out the rest of 2020 should be this make it out of the Europa League win your group be in the top four and if you're still in first place by fucking god like fantastic um but obviously you can follow Matt guys on Twitter at Matt underscore Santangelo. Thank you guys so much for the feedback, for the questions, the post-match reviews that we do on the state of play account as well. Obviously Matt's a big help with AC Milan Blow bros uh, retweets as well. We had over a hundred live people in that. which is very proud of it. We're really getting hundreds of views on it. I think we can really expand um, and whenever Matt and I can figure out how to um, get the both of us on Periscope at the same time, I think it's going to be even better because that's something I want to aim for. And I know that's something you want to aim for as well, Matt. Um, you follow me at Martino Puccio. This was a very long episode. This was an exciting one. Um, enjoy the holidays, Matt, real quick. Are you downloading cold war tonight? Did you download it yet for call of duty because it's releasing?
0: I haven't. No. Um, I have just finally sorted out some, some Wi-Fi issues. So now that my, Internet connection is, is sharp, and I can kind of play with that a lot. So you don't play with Ethernet?
1: Uh, you don't play wired? You got to play wired.
0: No, nah, nah, I, play, I play Wi-Fi. Uh, my get internet wired. connection is too, it's too far away from my, my TV. I mean, I could move my TV and, and maybe make it happen that way. I'll have to see. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I play a little FIFA. So, if you guys want to, uh, you'll link up with me on FIFA Pro Clubs. Is FIFA worth it, in your but,
1: opinion?
0: Dude, you can go to, I think, Walmart and get FIFA around this time for, I think, 30 or under so i think it's
1: definitely worth yeah but 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 like is it is it is it good because i was the game uh, is the game is
0: better i mean the last this is my little little story about football games in recent years so i've always been a huge fifa guy i Mm -hmm. took a couple years off and i actually bought pez last year it was a pretty Mm -hmm. good game i didn't mind it but there was just some areas it was lacking in and then i decided to give fifa a shot this year because obviously Milan became a partner with FIFA after having a yeah. relationship with Ped. So um, overall I'm enjoying it. I, I play back and forth between the two games. I'm on, I'm a, I'm a PS4 guy. Uh, we'll have to wait and see where I go with, with my next console choice. But gotcha. um, yeah, if you guys want to link up on, um, on, on, on PS4, by all means hit me up on Twitter and we'll uh, we'll make some arrangements happen. Maybe get some, uh, some Twitch things going on. We'll have some friendly banter. We'll all maybe give out some 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 love or maybe a follow if you guys can be Just me team, up, team up with the but
1: IFTV guys. Play them. In yeah, a, play that's them true, mass. too. Go that's them. true. They, they do a lot of great content
0: for FIFA. But, um, yeah, getting back to Cold War real quick. I'll probably want' up getting it. So, if you guys want to link up there,
1: let me know. 11 hours from this recording right here. So I'm so excited. Um, Thank you guys so much. Uh, Please like, share, retweet, follow, comment. Give us your thoughts on this. Do you want us to have more uh, guests on here, a different third guest? You know, because we've never, I don't truly believe we've done that for Soccer Showdown. It's usually just the two of us. Um, So obviously going to try on expanding there. Very, very, very exciting news for State of Play that we are able to. Not talk about for a couple of weeks, but can't stay share that. Stay so yes. we can't share it. We can't share, but it is very positive news, and we um, are appreciative of it. But other than that, thank you guys so much for listening.